I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and Stephen Cropley. Morning, Steve. Matthew, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you, mate. I haven't seen you for ages. No, it's been well, it's been over a week since we did it, because I've been away on a road trip for the MAG to Ireland, which you'd been to, you said you'd been on a motorbike tour. Yeah, you, well, it was the first place I ever went. I bought this old ex-police Triumph 650, hmm. which had the hardest ride, the, the, the ropiest rear suspension in history, so my... Backside caught fire after 50 miles every time. <laughs> <laughs> but the roads are unbelievable. I think they're they are so now. good. Were they, they were, were a they little not bit at the rubbish at the time. Oh, really? But it's terrific now, really. I mean, just some of the best driving I've ever had. Yeah. I was in a Kia Picanto, so not the obvious road trip car, but just brilliant. Just I bet it was great fun. Time. Just fantastic. It's just good to throw them about. Those yeah, cars, yeah, yeah. It? And you can stay on the gas for a long time and they don't wait with less than a tonne and they're you know, narrow, and it was just brilliant. brilliant yeah, so a, 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 an experience that you experience, that, that comes to you less often now, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much. And there was a bit, we drove back, we finished shooting sort of late one evening, we're driving back to the hotel, it's about an hour and a half back to the hotel, and you look at the um, thing and it says it's only, I don't know, 60, I don't know, 50 miles, 40 miles, it says it's going to be an hour and a half to get back, you think, crikey, that's quite, that's quite twisty, or it's very busy, it wasn't completely quiet. And you could just drive as you want. The speed limit's about 80 kilometres an hour, but actually, you know what, in a Kirpacanto, driving as hard as you want to, that's not a big deal. You don't yeah. really exceed it. It so was probably Average 49. Yeah, I'm definitely, I, I will go back as a road trip holiday, I think, definitely. So, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it is a wonderful place. And the, yeah. the thing I remember from my bike trip, I think I told you this, is, is um, every time you stop, somebody wanders over, looks at the bike, says, that's a nice bike, mate, and you finish up in a bar with yeah. it. Yeah. That happened to me three times. Really? On, you know, in 10 days. Amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Anyway, on with the podcast. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, let's start with Chester King, who has done that. Uh, long-term 
subscriber, are you amount are you aware of the amount of Bentleys, Rolls Royce, Ferraris and others that have been stolen from London this year? says Chester. I realise it's a first world problem, but I'm surprised um, so little has been reported. He has had a car stolen uh, from him and we were, he's been told that 20 Rolls Royces are stolen this year with a keyless issue and I was told last week that there were a lot of Ferraris going missing in London as well. Um, we haven't reported it as, on it as much as we... We've reported on it a little, haven't we? But yeah. it does seem to be a, an increasing recent issue. Yeah, the, 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 the trouble for us is that we, uh, John Evans has done several stories on this. Hmm plus stories about stolen cars, talking to the police and all the rest of it. But the, the, the thing that you, you, you're kind of left with is you, you talk to some, you know, extremely plausible bloke in, in a person in a, in a company who says, don't worry, we're on it, mate. It's a, you know, it's a thing of the past where... But it seems to me that the, the, the forces of evil are at least as good as the people who yeah. are uh, um, working out the remedies. So, I mean... It, the old, um, you know, the pouch, the lead-lined pouch to make sure that your keys can't be read mm. seems to be a must. For, for, but but uh, also, I think in that letter, Chester says that he, he knows of people who, uh, when buying a 911, are encouraged to have a key rather than yeah, rather a keyless than the, key. Yeah, the contactless keyless go, yeah, exactly, yeah, because yeah, you have to put it into the slot. And, you know, apropos of our conversation the other week about what you do with a where you put these keys when you get in the car, you know, do you put them in your pocket? Do they slide around and rattle around? The old key socket, quite a lot going for it, didn't it? It does, it does. <laughs> it, I mean, everything, really. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I find myself thinking, you know, this is, is you know, I perhaps shouldn't say this, but frankly, you know, lower value cars makes sense to me. Yeah. Because then nobody wants to put them in a container and send them to yeah. Saudi Arabia or yeah, China yeah. or wherever they go. Yeah, wherever they end up. Yeah. That's another point he makes, isn't it? That uh, it'd be fascinating to know where the hell these cars go in such volume. It really volume. would, wouldn't it? Because they are such high value. It's not like they just nip round to the back of an old scrapyard and get knocked apart for parts, is it? Yeah. It's not. I mean, I think old Land Rover Defenders and series Land Rovers get nicked quite a lot for parts yeah. that are used in the UK. But I don't, I don't imagine that happening to a Rolls Royce Cullinan, do you? No, they must. They just must bob up and get resold somewhere. Mm. A long way away, and it'd be yeah. fascinating to know. I, I, I mean, I think Chester is right. We need to do more on it. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it is a, an increasing problem. Anyway, thank you for the note, uh, Chester. Steve, on with your column. You were at MG's Marlborough HQ talking to a bloke called Jack Constantine, who owns a '68 Chevy Corvette. Oh, yeah. oh it's a great story. I thought <laughs> it, um, it is. He's quite a young bloke, mm. and he, I didn't hadn't met him before, but he he knew me probably off the list of guests and uh, and he said guess what I've got a car that you drove in you know, a long time ago I think 93 or something yeah. and uh, for a, a newspaper classic car newspaper we had which is now demised I fear mm. but anyway auto um, classic that was it you yeah. remember that I know what I remember yes I didn't not I didn't know it well but I do vaguely remember it yeah it was yeah. it was um, it was nice job mm. but you know there were too many there were Anyway, the thing is, um, I went to have a go in this big block Chevy Corvette because I've always liked them. Yeah. Just that, that I was brought up with V8s and all 427. that. 427. 427. Which is seven litres? Seven litres, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was a, you know, well-used car, already, you know, 30-odd years old. But, mm. but um, 
but really nice, you know, no, lots of urgency for no revs at all. I love those big pushrod V8s. Anyway, I wrote this <coughs> story about it, you know, but the point is I did it at this place called Claremont Corvette, which was a, a really well-known dealership at the time in Corvettes, now closed because Richard Falconer, the guy that ran it, has retired, I think, moved on anyway. And um, uh, as it happened, when he was, you know, Jack produced these pictures, showed me the, the, you know, nice pics of the car. He says it's a work in progress, you know, it's still not super pristine, but he's working on it. But I was able to reach in my pocket, pull out a set of keys, which I have, which have still got a a Claremont Corvette tag on them, which I was given on the day I drove his car 30-something years ago. And I wanted to give it to him, but he wouldn't take it. In the no, end. really, <laughs> <laughs> because you know it was. But it's 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 a look. It's it's nothing really, but it's just one of those artifacts from mm. your from your past, and yeah. it helps me find my keys in amongst uh, all the paraphernalia we've got at home. You could just identify a set of keys, can't you, by the tang? You just yeah. have a look. And you go, oh yeah, that's them. Yeah, that's but it was just it was just such a fluke. What a lovely thing! What a lovely thing! Yeah, it was thing. a laugh, and he was—he yeah. was a, the right owner for this car too. Oh, really? Because he, you know, he's pretty handy himself. His dad, mm. I gather, is pretty handy too, and they're just gonna, you know, bring the car up to to up to scratch. It's perfectly usable. There's mm. pictures of him outside the pub. But, uh, okay. but um, is he a long way away? Will you go and have a look at this car at some point? Uh, no, he's, he works in Marylebone, and he and he's you know somewhere outside London I get the feeling he's on the east hmm. uh, but yeah he's he, the, the, he says just wait a minute while we get it yeah. a bit more uh, right Together. and then I will go and have a go in it that'd be cool that'd be really cool you ever uh, driven one? no 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 no, no. Just, I'm intrigued by that sort of I like muscle cars and yeah, yeah. you know big coupes and things so I'm intrigued but I don't think I've ever driven a V8 of that capacity Maybe. Oh, you will have done, mate. Well, think of all the cars you've driven. Seven litres, that's quite big. (laughs) It's one of those cars that it's got like an aero engine in it. The the Mm. revs don't change, but the speed does. (laughs) No, I like that idea. And and also the car's totally dominated by the weight of the engine. So you you get in it and you realise that you and the contents of the cockpit and the rest of the car are totally superfluous to this bloody great piece of iron in the front. I like that idea. I like that idea very much. Um, Oh, and the other thing that's brilliant is the view over the bonnet. Oh really? I, you know my theory about about flash cars is that you want to be able to see the bonnet so you can you're reminded at all times what you spent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Who was it uh, said it was James May when we talked to him? Actually, maybe it was in a column he wrote. At some point, he said that driving something like a Ferrari three hundred eight or a three two eight is a public service because everybody else gets to see it. <laughs> they get to see it. They get to see how lovely it is. That's which typical is something of him, you are denied from the inside, but yeah, yeah you're just the thing. Um, Tuesday last week, Millbrook Proving Ground, you were off to for the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders SMMT test day, as we know it, which I haven't been to for donkey's years. It's a good do. Mm. It's really a good do. That it, you just meet people who are glad to be out of the office and they've got all the Cars that count really, all electric this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not all electric, but nearly. Mm. Lot various Alpines there, which were nice to see. Uh, but um, <clears throat> just catch up, really. Um, but it's perfectly clear what what the direction is for these companies. They just want their EVs to uh, to you know get a lot, get their time in the sun. And it, mm. of course, you and I know that. 
the absolute best way you can assess cars is just to step straight from one car into its driver. Oh, perfect, yeah. And and that's yeah. the one thing you can do at this event. So yeah. it was it, it was good. The SMT was a you know the. They've got a hell of a, a job to do because they try and represent, you know, several hundred members. But they, I think they're such a force for good. Myself, yeah. yeah. And their man, uh, Mike Hawes, the the chief executive, such a good mouthpiece for the industry, given that he's trying to serve all those masters. Yeah, it does seem like one of the very well respected, well sorted industry bodies, doesn't it? And I don't think all industries could say that about the people who represent them. But it seems to do a proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, uh, I'm, I'm full of respect for them. Yeah, uh, You drove a Megane EV up there, Renault Megane, which is, um, is it your first time you've driven one? It was, yeah. I, do, um, I just found it a nice car. I, I always warm to the Renault uh, Group cars because they just look so good at the moment to me. That, yeah. that I think the Megane is, given that it's right there in amongst... 20 other cars trying to do the same job mm. it just predominates it's got this sort of rather graceful balanced you know well proportioned modern outline and yeah. I I would just be happy to be driving around one of them yeah I, I think agree. it's good they left out the heat pump apparently on early on and yeah which given that the car came to the surface in the middle of winter didn't help much because the range wasn't brilliant yeah we uh, yes uh, I think Al Clements, the classic and sports car editor-in-chief, ran one for a bit and, yes, found found that the range was not great in winter, in cold cold conditions particularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real, yeah. But now it does have one, which was, uh, yeah, tips of the balance. That is a big, yeah, I think the initial response to that was people getting in it, seeing the range and thinking, crikey, that's just not. No. Not where it should be. But, yeah. I, and I agree, the, um, they just, yeah, they just make good looking cars don't they really good looking cars. they do yeah yeah i've been you know <clears throat> uh, once again in the cars i completely bang on about the whole time one was it i took the wife's uh, um mini to have some work done at the local dealer so they bolted me in an i4 for the day a bmw mm. i4 electric car brilliant best of the did best they, of the bunch did absolutely they, did they have they listened to this or read your column and start thinking <laughs> hang on we might make well, a sale out of <laughs> if we if we lend the correct courtesy car we might end well up there's, with a, a deposit there's a really good the bloke the there day. that runs a service department who i know very well he, <laughs> he reads a magazine and he and he just knows my um weaknesses mm. and the other thing is i've just been in my third jeep wrangler for you know this oh, week okay, i've yeah. just come to this meeting you know which is um you know, for you is what's it a journey of about eighty miles? For me, it's a journey of about ninety miles. Yeah, probably. And yeah. Um, I just wanted to find out what it was like on the motorway. It's sort of mm. seventy to eighty, and it fine, yeah. really good. I mean, noisy, but because it's a it's a Rubicon, is it one of the big? No, tires? this, this oh, one's a non Rubicon. Oh, because, okay. Because the the Jeep folks were saying, well, if you don't like the tire noise, try this. Gotcha. But unfortunately, it's got the rollback roof, which is a it's a gigantic noisy, piece it? of fabric, which yeah. is now the noisiest component in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove a uh, hard-roofed Rubicon to where is Friedrichshafen? I mean, it's deep into fairly deep into Germany for the Christmas road test two years ago, and that was the uh, I ran on for a couple of months, and rain pattered on the roof, and it was like 
it was quite it, I quite enjoyed it when the rain hit the roof and it pattered like being in a tent in the rain which was quite nice but the tyre hum was quite noticeable yeah but you know what 20 30 years ago that that would not have been unrefined no, for a car no, no. we used to do that all the time we used to yeah drive around in cars like that and it was fun. well we never, I, i'm never, here never having stepped us. out of it after an hour and a half or whatever it is and uh, um thinking i've got a journey to do after we finish this i've got mm. another journey to do and i'm looking forward to it already yeah so that, i think that's the test I always think that's the test if you if you reckon i can remember i ran a twin cylinder panda for a while but oh, you did in a bizarre yeah. car that was mm. my long-termer and I used to, you know, we were doing lots of trips back and forth to Europe. And I was, I can remember sitting in this BA airplane thinking, oh, well, never mind, I'll be in the Panda in a minute. Yeah. And I just used to, used to, the way, the way it rattled and the way it was a nice, faithful little car. Yeah. Well, I've done, I mean, last week, how far is Hollyhead, then on the boat to Dublin, then across to Shannon, the other side, and then two days on the road. Then a return, four days, all of which in a Kia Vacanto, and I came back very happy. How far was that? Fifteen hundred. Uh, you know what? I I'm not sure I noted it down on the trip, but it must be about that. Because from me to Hollyhead in is four hours, and then it's three hours from one side of Ireland to the other, yeah. and then two days on the road. I mean, they're small roads, and you you know it's like doing photography. You spend quite a lot of time stationary, but it must be yeah. It's got to be getting on for it's at least a thousand. I'm sure we are losing it, you know, mate, because because. In these sorts of podcasts, you're supposed to be banging on about your your intimacy with the Lamborghini Hurricane, and here we are talking about Wranglers and Picantos. Yeah, well, you know, I was in my McLaren Senna the other day, and uh, you know, and I just, but honestly, that Picanto, it's it's got the finest gear shift of any production car. I will swear to that. I think it is absolutely spot on. It's, Brilliant, because you know, it doesn't have to. The gearbox doesn't have to worry about huge amounts of torque, no. so it's not it's not constricted but it doesn't have to be heavy and beefy it just it's like a switch it yeah, just flicks from one, one to the other it's joyful it. yeah. really joyful yeah. uh, right before should we do this before a break yeah let's do this before a break Euro 7 is um, coming in and those on continental Europe are complaining about it they really are there's yeah. a actually in between the time I wrote the piece it'll be in the magazine and um, now there's been yet more people, some really quite heavyweight German industry folks, you know, Ola Kalanius, the guy that runs Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. They are complaining about this, uh, <clears throat> the the intrusion of this, and the and the way it's going to add to costs, and yet um, not significantly improve the environment, and you know, take money away from the main job which is to introduce a, a range of EVs mm. Tavares is, uh, the Stellantis boss Carlos Tavares has been on about it and so is just about everybody now I think I can't yeah. uh, there's certainly nobody standing on a soapbox saying what a really good idea well, yeah, yeah please bring it yeah because so the idea is that it will make exhaust slightly cleaner for the next couple of years but given EVs are on their way in already yeah. It adds it, it adds a lot of cost, doesn't it, to each? It does. So it's it hundreds of euros to each vehicle. We well, it, the opinions vary about that, don't they? There's a, somebody, there's a there's a sort of official statistic that comes from the from the legislators, and but the various research bodies reckon that it's two or three times more than they're oh, saying. Really? And given that Euro six cars are already amazingly clean compared with. 
the way you know well you know my old Berlingo Euro mm. 3 mm. I mean they 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 just produce a fraction of the of the pollutants that they used to and it and the, the gain is minimal for the for yeah. a huge outlay yeah yeah anyway it's nice to see uh, nice to see the that the thing is at least being debated yeah and uh, you know surely there'll be some sort of rea- reaction from the EU authorities mm. Okay. Well, Steve and I are going to take a very short break and we will be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello, welcome back to my week in cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Rupert Richards has done that, and he runs a place, I think, Steve, called Gorsworth Hall, which is uh, up in, uh, it's near sort of, it's a bit south of Manchester, I think. He runs a classic car event up there. The reason I, want to, the reason I mention it, one is because there are so many events, aren't there? It's yeah. just we, we cover a lot in the mag. You'll find a lot of a, a lot of them online and stuff. But there are so many at this time of year. It's just joyful, isn't it? It's just it so is. lovely to see so many cars on a sunny on a sunny morning, yeah. just being out and enjoyed. And that that the, the, the business of of simply needing a destination for like minded folks with mm. with no agenda, no. You don't have to do anything. You probably get there, have a cup of coffee in a bacon sarni, chat a lot, enjoy the drive, enjoy the drive home, and you've still got Sunday afternoon to mess yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the other thing that I, um, because um, the steering committee, my missus, is involved uh, to some extent in uh, uh, management of these uh, grand properties, is that you are doing the the property owner a favour because you you there's an income, but also there's a... It, it it allows them to to um, cite a purpose for this uh, for this grand house that they you know which is otherwise a money pit. Mm. So I, I think um, the reason you see so many um, of these properties used in this way is is not only because they're wonderful venues, but because it helps the economic. Yeah. So it's all round a public service. It's a good one. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And I do think uh, people say this about running cars we've got a um, a staffer on uh, our sibling magazine what car who has recently bought a jaguar xj of sort of early late 90s early 2000s vintage and he, and you know he's like oh crikey i don't know if i've done the right thing i don't know there's a little bit of bubbling here and yeah I just and i i had a look around it and i said it looks one i think it looks terrific i think it looks great to me it's a proper smoker i love it you know big bark i said but also remember it is a living breathing piece of museum heritage and yeah. it's important this stuff you know it's just like taking some I don't know taking some 18th century crockery and bringing it out when somebody comes around you know it's 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 important that people see this stuff you know? I agree and and so. the, the the great thing is as, as we've just alluded um, he can go and park it in a field with another 15 of mm-hmm. them and 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 the combined knowledge of those people yeah is it provides you with all this reassurance and and on two counts one 
if anything goes wrong, you've got people to talk to about it. And two, you, you can see that other people have got your weakness as well. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Yeah, which is reassuring. Anyway, the reason I mention um, Rupert's event is because it's a, it's a young timer car show, and I just like some of the categories that they have at the, at the show, such as star of 70s, 80s, 90s, hottest hatch, coolest coupe. And uh, car of the show was a was an F40. Oh, bike of the show, 1978 Kawasaki Z1000, Z1 RTC Turbo. Apparently there's only two of them in the UK. Four. How cool is that? Gosh, the rest of them. You ever <laughs> ride a turbocharged motorcycle? Never, no, no. I'd, uh, I, was a, I, I wrote a few road tests, believe it or not, for uh, bike tests for... Um, for the Sunday Times magazine years ago, Z1R I did, but, but never the turbo. But I, I don't yearn for one. They've got enough grunt without a turbo. Yeah, seat. I can't imagine the idea of <laughs> the turbo kicking in. Yeah. It's going to thrill me. Even my, to, my, you know. my sort of current 1250 BMW is pretty punchy. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at a power and torque curve of one of those the other day for a potential, pro- well, because I'm... I don't know whether to keep the engine that I've got in my Hillman Imp in my Hillman Imp at ah. some point, and I'm thinking what would put in instead. And people use a four-cylinder BMW bike engine. Oh, the K-1200. suitcase engine, yeah, yeah, which sits on its side. That's the important thing. It sits on its side, and the Imp's engine bay is incredibly low, so it's got to be a, an engine that either sits on its side or is a or is a parallel. Apparently, extremely durable, reliable, etc. Engine, and I think they made them. With a fair bit of grunt in the end, didn't yeah, it? It was used in a race series, wasn't it? Remember that? The oh, Formula BMW, those little oh, those really? little single seaters, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the engine. Oh, was it? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think they make well, 135-ish horsepower, something like that. Be Which would be loads. Yeah, it would be plenty in a car of the You could have a Hewland off the back, mate. Oh, well, you, could, you could do that, <laughs> yeah. you could. I, but I just, I know, I don't. I was, every time I've driven a bike-engined car, I find them a little bit buzzy. But that's usually because I've been driving something smaller than an engine of that size. But I read somewhere that so there's, I mean, there's a company that sets up and will do you a, a kit, you know, plus all the mounting points and the, the thing to match it to the transmission and wow. everything. And they say that actually above 2000 RPM, you wouldn't know it wasn't a tuned imp engine, basically. But I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about... I don't know if I need extra grunt or whether I need yeah. to... Actually, because um, the imp engine is such a lovely engine in the first instance, it's almost a shame not to use it. Yeah, you know what I mean, but it, yeah, it's um, but they're not blessed with lovely history power. too. Yeah, yeah, the fire pump and the yeah, you know, exactly. put out fires in the war and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. anyway, so I would be inclined to keep it if I, if I can. But we'll see how we go. Uh, should we briefly talk my column? Indeed, I'm going to use a I'm going to use a terrible word, Steve. Sorry yeah, I love your the way I read what you wrote about this. You know, co- reader, cover your ears. Yeah, well, if you're of a yes, if you are if you're of a delicate disposition or you have a child with you who you don't want to hear it, there's a slang word for an SUV which is used in a in an in inappropriate uh, location, or you know, it's just a bit excessive or whatever. And the word is wank panzer, and it seems to have entered sort of fairly commonish slang parlance. So if you see a I won't use it again. I won't use it too much. But if you see, I think if you see a, 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 a mouldy old Land Rover Defender 90 outside a barn, well, that's not one. But if you see a Porsche Cayenne Turbo outside Vista Village, that yeah. probably is one. And it just seems to be, to me, a this real, I mean, it's, it's not new, is it? But this, this sort of angst towards excessive 
vehicles. You know, we've seen it with people letting down the tires of yeah. inappropriate four by fours, and for decades there was there was somebody a long time ago who used to go around and put little stickers on the windows of four by fours in town and yeah. things like that. And I'm this is where I'm in two minds, mate, really, because there's the increase in SUVs has basically undone most of the work of improving efficiency that we've had over the past two decades of internally combusted cars. All the fuel we'd have saved by making cars more efficient, we've used again because we've put them in SUV, because people have bought SUVs. But to the same extent, when you get in one, yeah, I mean, they are nice, aren't they? On your trip to Friedrichshafen, oh, you know, if I mean, that had been in a Range Rover... If that had been in a Range Rover, that would have passed so easily, so quietly. You're further removed from the road, you get a great view, as we've talked about before, driving around the Cotswolds, you can see over the edges yeah. and I find like that. that. I mean, they just... I love that, just to be able to see the countryside. Yeah. It's, but <clears throat> the, 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 the annoyance is... Well, there are two of them, aren't there? The... They don't get any smaller, these things. You, no, they you, don't. you know, you would think that as as new models come out, there would be a bit of an opportunity to at least give them some tumble home or, mm. or sort of lower the roof or something like that, but they don't. And no. and the other thing is um, they, they they kind of proliferate, don't they? they and yeah. and it's schools are my problem. There are school entrances all seem to be down, you know, rather narrow suburban streets. And mm. when you park 15... SUVs down there, and you could have fifteen picantos down there. It would be a yeah. It would be. And then the parking day. police come along and put a load of double yellow lines there, and it to to allegedly control it, and it just makes the thing worse. Yeah. It always seems to me easier to, you know, park quarter of a mile away and oh, hear Sprog's walk. Yeah, we used to do that. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, so my but my I don't know. I think I just have this cognitive dissonance or whatever they call it of thinking. I mean, yes, most of the time these things are inappropriate for the for the use they're doing, but also, one, they're really nice, and two, if they're really nice, why why should we not have nice things? Why shouldn't yeah. we find a way to enjoy nice things rather than stop people having nice things? Yeah, nobody's and, telling you not to not, not to own a Rolex, huh? Yeah, nobody says, you know what, you've got one, one more bedroom in your house than you should do, actually. And uh, why, are you, why are you heating that conservatory in winter when there's nobody in it for... 14 hours yeah. a day and I, and I think that's fundamentally could be, could be smaller yeah and I think fundamentally that's my problem is that there are people telling you what to do or what not to do and how not to live your life yeah. because the car is so visible and so easily regulated and so well regulated yeah. you know I can I can light my fire as often as I want in my house over the winter and nobody gives him monkeys yeah actually some bloke did once give him monkeys on social, social media but anyway oh, that's not a problem. Yeah. but you know it's I won't get into that. I can save. <laughs> I can save heating the entire rest of the house, so the boiler will be completely off, and it's on gas because that's the only option. I've got where we are, I can, you know. Anyway, yep. if I just have one log fire in the corner of one room, it heats the bit of the house I need to be in. The tree fell down in my garden, so that's fine. So that's you know, it's. I mean, you couldn't get more local. How than long that. did it take for the for the wood? To become useful after the tree fell. Oh, down. you should season it. I think for a couple of years. Couple you should of years, store it yeah. for a year. I've or always two. wondered. Yeah, I think because I was born I mean, in a place can. where there are no trees, <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty dry when they do fall down. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, they, I mean, you can burn them straight away, but they are they produce more smoke, and it's not good for the chimney, and it's not good for the for the pot. Oh yeah, you've got all that. So they get the yeah. So by the time they're by the time they dried out for a year or two, it's much better. Yeah. There's a handy hint or handy. two for me. Yeah, but you know, so actually. 
Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> My point is, what I don't like is people saying you can't, you can't do that. No, you, can't, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't own that. Yeah. And that's where I fundamentally have a problem because I don't off, I don't always think that comes from a an environmental perspective. I think it's just people don't like other people having nice things. Yes. And that gets on my wick. Yes, I think envy is a is a is a horrible thing, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Anyway, that's my that's my <laughs> take on this. Well done. The this week. Uh, let's talk Thursday to the Royal Automobile Club to hear four oh yeah, here we go. Disparate experts talk about the future role of the car in society on a not unrelated theme. Tell me about that, Steve. Well, it was a, the Royal Automobile Club has, um, over the, in recent years, has much improved its or increased its um, uh, connection with the car, if you like. It, for a, for a good few years, for a few decades, it became a kind of golfing and squash club. Hmm. But now they try and face up to the issues, and this there, there were four people who were. Um, from disparate parts of traffic management and car use. One was um, a lady who was responsible for traffic management in the inner city, Birmingham inner city. So that's, yeah, that's uh, West Midlands Transport Export, Laura Schoaf. That was her? Yeah. There was a lady called Fiona Spowers who's involved with the River Simple uh, hydrogen car project where they're not only producing the car, they're producing the environment. So, you know, the the, the roads and the ownership model and so on. You, you don't own this car, you 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 rent it or lease it forever. Mm. And it's one of these cars that can be improved as it goes along so that it doesn't age as you get... Oh, you interesting. Get um, <clears throat> one of them was, was Chris Boardman, the Olympic bloke who's mm-hmm. involved in something called Active Transport, I think he active called it. Travel, active that right? Travel, that's yeah. him. And one was Richard Hammond, the, uh, the ex-Top Gear... Um, uh, um, what's the name of that? Grand Tour. Grand, Grand Tour. Grand Tour and, 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 yeah, and he TV was, stuff. to me, the star of the show. Right. I expected him to be, you know, a bit frivolous, a bit flaky, a bit like... And he he made a number of extremely good points. One, making the... He lives in the country, so he would do this, but, you know, the, the, the requirements of uh, country-dwelling people, village-dwelling people are starkly different from the people in the city. And everybody else was talking about, not, not Fiona so much, but mm. the other two were talking about city requirements, which are completely and utterly different. Mm. But they weren't acknowledging that at all. Chris Boardman was, to me, you know, begging his pardon, I'm sure he's not listening, but a, a waste of space. Mm. All he talked about was his own, you know, his kids going about on bicycles. The Birmingham lady was, very clever and sensible and she talked about good work that's been done in the centre of Birmingham but she had no nothing to offer on, on uh, the rest of the society. Fiona Spowers was, I mean they're fully engaged on trying to um, produce transport that has no inv- no adverse environmental impact at all mm-hmm. which is a fantastic thing to be trying to do Yeah, and they've gone a long way. Um, I'm a shareholder so I can say this. Oh, okay. Um, and um, But Richard I thought was was thoughtful and lucid and also pretty good pretty good at argument so it was a it was a thoroughly good two hours at talk i when i saw that it was going to be two hours i thought you know am i gonna am i you know is my backside gonna catch fire am i gonna wish i was drinking a coffee somewhere else i was riveted by the lot hmm. so it went well that's good that's really cool 
Yeah, countryside dwelling is so different, isn't it? To the it is. to the city. I have a feeling in the back of my head that I'm going. I hope I don't get this stat wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read eighty percent of journeys in London are not by car. Eighty percent of journeys outside of London are by car. Wow! And I need to double check that stat because I'll get it wrong. But it's it's in that realm of. That's how focused it is one way, and that's how focused it is the other way. You're, and most policymakers, of course, live in and around London. Weren't you talking about the bus? You know, you were saying if you want to get the bus to. Oh, anywhere. I can't get the bus. Yeah, there is no bus in my. I, when I moved to our village ten years ago, there was a bus a day that went around the villages and ended up in the town. So and you had to do a tour that, of the locality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and you'd get into town for three or four hours, and then you'd come back. And then in, I think, 2017, 2018, they said, well, this, this, this bus service doesn't make enough money, not enough people use it, so we're going to change it from one bus a day to one bus a week. <laughs> so, I mean, you can guarantee if one bus a day is no good to you, one bus a week is certainly no good to you. <laughs> so, and that, you know, I don't know how, how long they trialled that for. I think they trialled it for a few months. Clearly no use to anybody. No. If I want to go anywhere, I have to, I have to use a car. I, or you, I, you, in fact, you're you're making a contribution because you've got your electric Maving oh, motorbike, Maving RM1 electric motorcycle, which is really handy for, yeah, for my local, for my yeah, for my local ones. It's very good. It yeah, looks nice too. Good. That looks really beautiful, really cool, really lovely. Looks like a sort of fifties cafe racer kind yeah. of thing. It looks great, and it's yeah, it's just it's so easy as well. It's just. So and you, and you can you can quiet. pull the battery out, take it inside. Can't two ba- yeah, two batteries, and you can run on one if you want, in which it will run for quite a long way as a bit like a, I don't know, a, a small capacity motorbike. But if you run it on two, it's got a similar performance to a one two five cc bike, and you just take them, you just pick them up, carry them inside, plug them in, away sounds, it goes. Yeah, it's really great, and they. I see the appeal. Definitely. Yeah, really, I do. I I do. Yeah, I do. It's. But I'm now on this time of year, Steve, where I've got a lot, I've got my other motorbike that I quite like to use too. Yeah. Plus, quite a lot of cars hanging around as well. So I need to. But I do. But I do find myself on it quite a bit. Yeah. It's just a. Yeah. It's a cool. Somebody thing. asked me the other day what my hobby was. I, yeah, honest to God, it is driving. It's driving mm. cars. It's probably shouldn't admit it. That business about the the tra- the, the the bus, you and the bus, but reminds me of many years ago. I was found myself in the Australian outback in this godforsaken place with a population of about five called mm. William Creek. And um, William Creek pub is the is the air terminal, the railway station, the pub, <laughs> the, the, the general store and the sort of town hall, you know. And I was, I needed to get back to the city. And mm. so I deposited by a friend of mine who was a geologist. And I walked into the pub seeking a train timetable and I said when's the next train go and he says the, the guy behind the counter said today or tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well the same trade that was the choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the old joke about going to see a, 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 an ailing football team and you phone them up and say what time's kick off and they say what time can you get here <laughs> <laughs> like it <laughs> um, well let's finish on uh, the Coventry University postgrad courses in automotive journalism oh, right. which you were instrumental in setting up in the first yeah I've got, years ago I, I you know in our job we meet lots of young people who want to be Jeremy Clarkson mm. and um, and we have you know the need for constant uh, you know, young recruits, don't we? But but people arrive not knowing what we need them to know about how cars are built, how cars are sold, so on. Um, 
and I just thought that there was a good opportunity to teach people this stuff and surround it with the practice of journalism because you know we as you know we spend a lot of time um, banging a keyboard um, rather you know, not just driving cars you know the, the actual product publishing process is, um, is pretty dominating so I approached two universities um, one ignored me the other one Coventry adopted my idea which was to which is to launch a postgraduate course in automotive journalism and they started to do it, I think it was 2006 or five. I've forgotten now. Hmm. But about 140 people have gone through. And um, they made me the visiting professor. And I was really proud of that. And then it all went quiet because the thing was just functioning and it chunters away now and it does about 10 graduates a year, uh, two thirds of whom stay in the business. But the other day they came on the blower and said, would you like to be the visiting prof again? And I thought they'd forgotten my name, let alone... Uh, <laughs> so I was really proud of it, and, and, uh, and I remain proud. Excellent. Good. Good. When's your first uh, lecture? Oh, well, I, I do something, you know, a couple of times a year. Mm. Uh, and I try and import people like you, actually, to come and talk to the students. Oh, gladly. So you might do, you might do one next. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. I think the, the way we can help, as well as... Just uh, you know, practicing caption writing is is um, is to show and tell what the job's actually like. Mm. Mm. So I mean, serious offer. Yeah, well, I'm very happy to. Yeah, very happy. What is the job like? The job is uh, working out where we are going to next sit in a room to talk about next week's pod. Actually, this is a problem. This is this is a big problem because I. I'm leaving halfway through the week to go to Le Mans and I won't be back and I've got two other jobs in Paris and I won't be back to halfway through the following week so oh, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. No, I'm not sure what we're going to do because I'm away tomorrow on Wednesday. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that off uh, after the after we after I've pressed the stop button here. Indeed. Thank you for joining us for my week in cars for this week. Steve and I will probably be back next Wednesday, but who knows. Um, in the meantime, thanks very much. Take care.